The concept is to make the mentee more ready for college and or the workforce mm -hmm. by making them a little more competent and confident in their own blindness skills to give them opportunities that they might not have had without the program. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. Pretty much everyone in our field knows the National Federation of the Blind, or NFB. On their website, they clearly state, The National Federation of the Blind knows that blindness is not the characteristic that defines you or your future. Every day, we raise the expectations of blind people because low expectations create obstacles between blind people and our dreams. I've been involved with the NFB in a couple of different ways. As a parent, I was on the board of Hope in Montana, which is an affiliate of the National Organization of Parents of Blind Children. And I also was part of their Teacher of Tomorrow program, which brought 25 teachers from around the country together. And we went to the Advocacy Day in Washington, D.C. We toured the Louisiana Training Center and went to the Maryland headquarters for student events. They taught us their philosophy about high expectations and raising the bar for individuals who are blind. And even gave me a little bit of bragging rights as they had us operating chainsaws and grilling steaks under blindfold. Which, by the way, I don't recommend trying without supervision from highly skilled individuals like we had with the NFB. I've always felt like they are self-professed watchdogs for those who are blind, and I really respect that. And today's guest, Norma Crosby, is the president of NFB of Texas and is by all means living the life she wants. She leads a large, active, and a little rowdy state chapter that showed up in mass this summer at the National Convention, which happens to be in Texas next year. Her leadership is infectious, and she has quite a following. Well, there's a big misconception also that most blind people are totally blind, right. and, and that isn't true. Many people yeah. are much like me. Mm -hmm. They're people who have some vision that they can use for some things, yeah. um, but we also have deficits in our vision. Our vision is not our best sense, mm -hmm. and so... Uh, for example, I carry a cane. Yeah. Some some people with usable vision choose not to, but I find that it not only does it help identify me as a blind mm -hmm. person, but the, uh, I can't see steps. I can't see curbs. Oh. I can't see anything with depth. Yeah. And um, so there are lots of situations where it makes a lot more sense for me to have my cane. Mm -hmm. And I, I carry my cane all the time mm -hmm. with me because I, uh, people say, well, do you feel as though you're uh, confusing people or faking blindness? Right. A, not, first of all, I'm not faking anything. <laughs> I yeah. absolutely need the cane yeah. for the things I just discussed. Mm -hmm. And second, I think it's a lot more confusing to see a blind person who sometimes has a cane and sometimes doesn't. Yeah. I think it really creates um, for the sighted public uh, a misunderstanding and a, a misconception about whether you are really blind or whether you really aren't. Yeah. And so it, it's definitely a personal choice and I believe in everyone's right to make the choice to live the life they want, yeah. but that's the choice I make. The most important takeaway for me in our philosophy mm -hmm. is that with the proper training, 
which means good non-visual, as well as if you have vision, some visual skills, good yeah. skills and good training, and an opportunity. Blind people can live the lives they want, and that's what we work for every day, to help blind people live, live the lives that they choose to live. Every year, the National Federation of the Blind and members of all of its affiliates participate in our Washington seminar. And the intention of that program is to tell the members of Congress uh, what the legislative agenda of blind Americans is. Mm -hmm. um, and so this year, I think about 35 or 36 Texas folks went. Wow. We took some of our kids who participate in our mentoring program to help teach them about self-advocacy and teaching them about advocating for others. Yeah. Uh, we visit each congressional office individually, mm -hmm. talk to them about the issues that we bring. We keep working on those issues until we um, get some movement in Congress. And so mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's a, an annual event. It's something we encourage any of our members who can participate um, to participate in because it's it gives you a different view of the concept of blind people speaking for themselves mm -hmm. and that's what we go there to do is to be blind people speaking for ourselves it's pretty impressive I can say as somebody that's witnessed it to see all the different states sort of descend on the Capitol on the same day it's a really it's a great coordinated effort so we're working currently on a project with our students to expand the, the student organization to different campuses around the state mm -hmm. to make, for lack of a better word, cells of Texas students. But we do have um, an elected board um, of our Texas Association of Blind Students. That means the students plan much of their own activities. They plan their meetings at our state conference. We work every year to plan a student summit, but we encourage our students to engage with those of us who might be a little more experienced than they are, let's say. Some role models. Role maybe. models, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, to be part of our planning committee for uh -huh. that activity. But yeah. generally the students, we like to give them a big role mm -hmm. in helping to plan that. So they, um, they help with that each year and I'm very proud of them. We've worked each year with our students and each year I think they become a little more engaged and they begin to feel more comfortable talking to us even though we're, if you will, their role models or their, their more experienced peers. Yeah. Um, we're sort of beginning to bring them out of their shells, I think, and they're, they have brought some really great ideas to us about how Student Summit should evolve to mm -hmm. include not only students but young professionals. And so they also engage with other students around the state mm -hmm. um, to try to help them where they can. Yeah. A few of them are actually serving as mentors in our mentoring program. Oh, great. They have turned out to be really great mentors. They're working on a variety of of um, missions, uh, goals, mm -hmm. trying trying to meet some goals for membership and including other people so that they can be a help to other students as well. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned that you had a mentoring program. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. We've had a mentoring program since 2007. Mm -hmm. We started as one of the states that participated in a, a program through our national organization through a grant from the Rehabilitation Services Administration. Mm -hmm. But Texas continued that program even after the 
pilot was done, we've continued to work with the Texas Workforce Commission now, at the time DARS. We have mentors from across the state and we accept mentees from across the state. Uh, each mentor and mentee commit to a two-year relationship. Okay. And as part of that, we have group activities throughout the year and then the mentoring pairs do one-on-one -on -one activities with mm -hmm. one another mm -hmm. uh, to in reinforce the relationship, to challenge the mentee in terms of using some of their skills so that the mentor can demonstrate to the mentee how they do things um, that the mentee might not be comfortable with doing yet. Yeah. And so the, the concept is to help to make the mentee more ready for college and or the workforce mm -hmm. by making them a little more competent and confident in their own blindness skills yeah. and, and to give them opportunities that they might not have had without the program. For example, we just talked about the Washington Seminar. Yeah. We very often take at least some um, part of our mentoring program um, participants with us. Mm -hmm. uh, we also take people to our national conference um, okay. each year. And if you've been to one of our national conventions, yeah. you know that there are ample learning opportunities, yes. seminars all week, um, mm -hmm. a huge exhibit hall, all kinds of learning opportunities there, and yeah. opportunities to talk with other blind people who might have similar interests to them. Mm -hmm. And so um, we give our mentees certain assignments during the week, but we also give them the freedom and the opportunity to go to seminars that they are interested in to see to it that their needs are being met in terms of what they might be studying in college yeah. or what, what kind of work they might be planning to do. Right. Uh, we always have a job fair, so even if they're not ready to interview for a real job, it's a good opportunity for them maybe to practice interviewing skills. Oh, yeah. So there is more that I can tell you <laughs> about at each year's conference. And so we always take some of our mentoring students there. They're all, we always have mentoring activities during our state conference in Texas each year. Okay. I'm hoping to take a group of our female mentees to the Texas Conference for Women because I oh. think that is a huge learning opportunity wow. that's outside the scope of, of the disability community, yeah. but it teaches uh, blind people about blending in with our sighted peers as well yeah. and learning, taking those learning opportunities too. Mm -hmm. You just spoke to something I've been thinking a lot about lately, which is the importance of engaging communities outside mm -hmm. of our blindness world so they can engage with our students and our adults and you know it just provides more opportunities for employment and independence and all of those things the more people that know about our different organizations so that's great that you go to a conference like that if any student hears this podcast and yeah. they aren't active and say hey I, i'm interested in knowing more about students and could could i talk to someone in the division mm -hmm. nfbtx.org okay. uh, if you're interested in knowing who to contact for either a local chapter or one of our special divisions like parents or students uh -huh. uh, or guide dog users you can find the contact information for that local contact person okay there 
Uh, people are also welcome to call our office. Mm -hmm. Our phone number is on our homepage. Okay. And so whether it's about that, whether it's about convention or one of the organizations or a parental rights question or whatever, uh, they're welcome to call us anytime. Our office is open during the week from 9 to 5. Mm -hmm. Another activity that NFB sponsors is the Bell Academy. Do you want to share a little bit about what the Bell Academy sure. is? Sure. The Bell Academy each year is a summer program, so I encourage any parents listening to check our, um, our Bell website on our uh, national organization's website each year because every summer, Texas is one of the states that participates. The Bell Academy is either a one or two week program, depending on where we do it, that teaches blind children. It helps to keep blind children's Braille up to speed if they already know Braille. Mm -hmm. It introduces, uh, especially sometimes schools are reluctant to introduce Braille to students who have usable vision. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not reluctant to do that. We think that Braille can be a good tool in their toolboxes as well. Mm -hmm. So we do activities that involve Braille in almost every aspect of the activities we do, but we do some other things like uh, we introduce cane travel sometimes. Yeah. We do field trips. Mm -hmm. um, this year we're talking about doing a field trip to Probergs in the area where we live. Probergs is a fruit and vegetable farm that sells to the public and they have a little store. We want to take the kids and let them check out the fruits and vegetables because sometimes blind kids don't get to feel those kinds mm -hmm. of things. They don't, you know, maybe they get, maybe someone hands them chopped up fruit or whatever, or vegetables, and they see the broccoli on their plate, but they never see a whole one. They don't know yeah. We try to do projects like that to give them opportunities to to see things that they might not have seen before. Like sometimes we have a fire truck come out and, mm -hmm. and let the children see that. So, and these are just examples of what we do each year. And we do daily living skills. We do some sandwich making and um, the kids each day do what we call bell ringers, mm -hmm. which is the thing that they're either proudest of having done that day or the thing that, that they like the best. We use our NFB Newsline audio newspaper and information service uh, each morning it reads them their schedule for the day and it tells them what they're going to have for lunch. So we, we do a variety of both fun and educational mm -hmm. activities with them. All of our instructors are blind. Yeah. Um, so they use the skills they're teaching themselves. We work really hard to, to put on um, an event each year that is positive. Uh, last year, for example, we did, a, um, we did it in San Antonio. Some of the parents said, wow, my kid came home and they didn't ask me if they could take a shower by themselves. They told me <laughs> they were going to. We definitely stress independence. We uh, are not instructors who are gonna sighted guide them everywhere they yeah. go. They're gonna definitely be asked to take their canes and mm -hmm. their learning shades and, and, and do what it is that we're there to teach them to do. Mm -hmm. Kids love it. Each year we have a different theme, so in any given year we might be working on a particular aspect of Braille or of, of non-visual learning. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see what the next one is. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the NOPBC. What does that stand for and what kind of stuff do they do? Sure. So it's the National Organization of Parents of Blind Children. Mm -hmm. We're always willing 
to not only work with parents, but, but to have parents join with us yeah. and volunteer to help other mm-hmm. parents. NOPBC does an, a variety of things. First of all, they have a great publication called Future Reflections, yep. which gives parents a wonderful opportunity to learn what other parents are are doing, what professionals are doing in the field of work with the blind mm-hmm. and to give parents ideas about what they can do and to also support parents. I think it's a it's a wonderful support when when you read an article and said that happened to me or yeah. or my child is going through that. That's a great idea how that person handled it. So that's one thing. At our national convention each year the NOPBC has pretty much the whole week scheduled with activities for parents and for their children. Wow. We have youth tracks that um, allow blind students to learn various uh, various things, to talk about various issues like dating if it's teenagers or whatever it might be. It's obviously different each year, so I, I can only generalize, but we have been working with Savvy out in Arizona. They've been helping us develop our youth tracks every year and they, they are doing a great job of working with us. There are meetings and seminars and parent nights mm-hmm. and organized family activities throughout the convention. Yeah. The the organization throughout the year um, can work with parents to to see to it that they help with their kids' IEPs yeah. if that's what's needed. Um, if if the if it's more than the parent organization can do, they know someone at our national organization who maybe works on those particular issues who can help. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a great net it's a great networking opportunity for parents, and um, we encourage any parent who is having difficulty with their school district or who just wants to reach out and see how other parents are addressing issues that they're confronting right now with their blind children. I encourage them to reach out to NOPBC and and, and TPOBC, um, which is our Texas Parents of Blind Children. Um, We would both be happy not only to have the support from other parents, but to offer the support to them yeah. that they need. And you also have a state convention that happens in the fall yes. every year. And this year it's in about the middle of November, you said, in Austin? In 2019, yeah. it will be the middle weekend um, in in November. I think it's the 15th, 16th, and 17th is the way it falls. Okay. Um, And it is here in Austin at the Crown Plaza Mm -hmm. at the corner of um, I-35 and 290. Mm -hmm. And I will say to people, whether you can come this year or not, you might mark your calendar because it it always falls in November. Mm -hmm. It it usually falls the weekend of Veterans Day. And this year, that just didn't work out for us. Mm -hmm. But um, early to mid-November is when to look. Okay. Our website, nfbtx.org, yep. will always have information about it. Mm-hmm. We encourage people to come. We always do activities during the, the conventions that are good for both adults and for younger people mm-hmm. who come as well. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely encourage families to come. Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more.
That's 817-740-7530. While interviewing Norma, she mentioned student members of NFB and later suggested we interview Darren Garland. And I'm an easy sell for a student perspective. Darren is a student at TSBVI and has participated in many NFB activities, including the mentor program, national convention, and the student conference, which we jump right into. the Student Summit. It's a conference where you get to network with other students, you get to meet other professionals, you get to meet professionals in in certain fields. Okay. Um, you get to learn about resumes. Did you have to write a resume while no. you were there? No, you didn't have to write one. Okay. You got to learn about the importance of resumes and how you how different companies will want different resumes like you have a company that may want just kind of the standard resume and then you might have a different company that may want a more extensive more creative resume with a bit more stuff on it than just what you'd expect from the standard average everyday resume you went to the national convention this year. What uh, what did you think about that? Was that your first time going to one? No, it was my second. First oh. time was when I was in the step program over at the Louisiana Center for the Blind. I uh, I didn't know you had been to the Louisiana Center. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that last year? Uh, yeah, it was last summer. And how long were you there? Eight weeks. Now that's a training center that is operated by NFB, if I'm correct. Yeah, yes. What do you what do you think are some of the benefits of being a member of NFB? Well, one that I noticed, especially when I was at the convention, was the level of acceptance that was that level of diversity. Mm. That made me that made me very happy. You know, that's one of my favorite things about NFB is that I think they're one of the most diverse groups of people that I ever spend time with. Yeah. It's just like everybody's welcome to the table and uh, it's it's a great community that they have. So is your mentor uh, somebody from Texas? Yes. Uh, who's your mentor? His name is Raul Gallegos. He lives in Houston. Is, is, I have does he give you advice? Yeah. Or? yeah okay. Yeah, what a, does he do for a living? He is a an assistive technology trainer. He trains clients on how to use assistive technology. He helps he will help them with their issues with said technology because technology gives us that a little more often than it should. Yeah, that's Excuse true. <laughs> Sounds like he's a good person to know. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a good person. Bottom line is, you meet blind people from everywhere. And if you're going to network and meet other blind people and get tips, say you're, you know, let's just say you're new to blindness and you want to get, you want to get advice on what to do. <laughs> you're just kind of lost and you're like, I don't know what to do. Then I think the NFB is a really good place to go. You really won't find another place where blind people are given the freedom that they're given with the NFB. Yeah, like a place just to be themselves. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. pretty cool. Because, you know, most times in society we're told, no, you have to be, don't, don't, don't be 
you be this. And if you're like me, you're like, yeah, no, you, you can... <laughs> Let's not. How, how, about, uh, how about I don't and I say I did? <laughs> Sounds like you got some strong will. Yes. That's probably going to suit you well in the future. Yeah, it, it yes, it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Through NFB programs, I learn more about their collective efforts that truly do raise expectations and eliminate obstacles for individuals who are blind. There are many organizations in our field that we can engage with, and I prefer to stay connected with them all. Each offers opportunities for our students and benefits that just might not be found anywhere else. From the TSBVI Outreach Department and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.